just that sense of taking your power back and putting order in your life is how you navigate the hurdles. And another thing, I, because I come from an entrepreneurial background, my approach is, oh, not, I don't have enough money. I'm gonna say, oh, what do I have to do to make more? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Her Money Club Stories. My name is Rachelle Minnie. I am the founder of Her Money Club, and the intention for these beautiful conversations is to collect women's stories of how they've overcome money challenges, life challenges, all of the things in between, and the journey that unfolds with all of that. In the Her Money Club, we talk a lot about aligning our money strategy and our life purpose to create a thriving life. And with us today, we have Stella, which I'm so grateful for. I met Stella on her journey of really rediscovering herself and being able to help women in a new way, shape and form for her own life. So Stella, tell us a little bit about what you're up to and where you're going. Thank you for inviting me. This is a special opportunity because uh, we have a shared passion of helping women understand their money. My journey is a little bit long. Today I'm 63. At 60, I divorced after a 25-year marriage. Your classic picture from the generation that I come from, at some point we decided it was easier for me to stay home and manage the kids, the family, and all that, while he continued his education and did for the better good of our family. And that was the original plan. It didn't always, doesn't always end up that way. So along the way, I did many things, but this journey of divorce taught me how many women are actually oblivious to answering the one question your divorce lawyer is going to ask you. How much money do you need to live? And the second biggest question that women facing divorce have is, what am I entitled to? I'm going to take the guy to the cleaners and I'm going to live in a condo <laughs> by the ocean. <laughs> Aside from the reality check, there's a lot of wisdom that women need to accept that is part of their journey. And all women have this wisdom. It's within us. We raise families. We're the emotional mm. glue for everybody. <laughs> so this isn't as complicated as you might think. Yes, I love that you brought up the wisdom and that we already have it within us because we were just sharing before we started that all of this revolves around mindset and our money mindset and how we approach the topic and relationship with money. What has been your relationship with money? It's an interesting journey because I'm the first generation born in Canada. So I have a family that crossed the big blue ocean with nothing in their pocket and started doing something they never did in a language they never spoke. But you know what? Here I am. My father was an entrepreneur. He had many business startups and I, I saw the ups and downs and my additional experience, which is the sad part of the story, is after building a business of 35 years, a world-class factory with 120 people, we went bankrupt. The reason was pilferage on every level and I discovered everything. And it was over a process of 11 years. So money was going out over 11 years. And 
we, we just couldn't help ourselves. The bankruptcy was total. It was in actual fact, this particular bank has a record with my family business record loss. Hmm. Uh, they pulled the plug at the wrong time. That story taught me a lot. I learned a lot more going down than rising up. And, hmm. and actually when you're going down, that's when very harsh realities hit you and you realize how vulnerable you are and you swear to yourself, you're never going to do that again. Mm-hmm. So this is a little bit how I primed my own journey. And then I saw, I saw my parents selling handbags out of the trunk of their car so they could pay rent. I, I of course lost my job in the business and I started working as a stockbroker in the eighties that led to, I wouldn't call it a love affair with finance, but I love the story and the power behind what you do with your money and the the trail that money leaves and reveals to you. Because after that, I joined the Business Development Bank of Canada, which is a crown corporation, and I was in corporate finance. And all I did was analyze financial statements from small businesses and help them to see what they can and what they can't do. And it was a wonderful experience because I came from a small business background. I knew these people. I knew what was in their head. And I have to say, um, entrepreneurs are brave people. They, they're not afraid of money. And I'm very lucky to say that I have that. I have no understanding of what, despite the bankruptcy, I don't attach fear with money. There are two different things. I have lots of fear. <laughs> we all do. We all do. <laughs> but money is something that you need to learn to respect and make it work for you. And there's all kinds of ways. It's changing so much. Something I often reference is being responsible for money and in your relationship with money specifically. And it's clear to me that in my generation, we were never taught like what that actually means or what that even could mean for ourselves because our fathers took care of it or now our husbands take care of it or someone else takes care of it. And we are a working generation where we have our own money. And so in knowing and trusting ourselves with that responsibility in it, there's the ability to respond in responsibility. So I'm actually really curious to know your thoughts on that and how being responsible for money may have played a role in your endeavors. That's everything, being responsible for money. And in my book, it's a guided journal, and it's a very small book. It's Um, a beautiful book. (laughs) Thank you. It's called, I'm Getting Divorced, Where Where Do I Start? And that was the brainchild. I didn't want to write that book, actually. I I didn't want to have anything to do with that. But I don't know what faith people have, but I got a download from something up there because it didn't come from inside here. (laughs) the entire outline for the book and I realized my own challenges was how do I make this happen and the first and the most important part of the book is the aspect of your finances and also a very unfavorable practice called expense tracking (laughs) which a lot of people hear it and they head for the hills Mm -hmm. but it's not that bad once you do the first month it's Mm -hmm. pretty pretty simple because the expenses aren't most of them are routine. What you got to watch out for is all the itty bitty extraneous things that you don't really count in your brain, but they add up in your bank account. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who doesn't blow $20 a week at the dollar store? Yeah. 
it, it's a simple thing. $20 will not make or break you. But if you do that five times in a week, that's a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You can hundred buck yourself to bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So these are small things. And the way I harness that knowledge is by expense tracking because it tells a story. Once you've done your expense tracking for an entire year, you see a pattern in your life and you see areas where you are indulging or areas where you could be doing something different with it. That story is a personal story. And I believe women have inner wisdom. They know what to do with their money. They know what's important. Having that clarified is the biggest eye-opener that you can have because it's liberating. It's beautiful. It tells a story of you and it's empowering because it tells you what you were able to do with all this income and even further empowering, you can change it. You take your power back. When you know where your money is going, you are in control. So you take back that power and you make it work. That's where you come in, (laughs) you know, given with what your bucket contains, Mm -hmm. that's where you can do things that are amazing. Mm -hmm. So this is how I started my journey. Writing this book was, of course, healing, but the understanding of the power of money and how it can work for you. I'm not talking rocket science, just very simple things as knowing how much money you spend on rent and groceries. Those are your two biggest ticket items and everything else has to respect those two. So this is how I I began the journey. I hope I answered your question. Yes, I love it. The honoring and the allowing of what is our truth, right? And being responsible for that relationship with money and then the tactical pieces of it. And I love how you spoke into that because I often find too, even just culturally, we are constantly feeling or experiencing that we don't have enough. And so how can we even shift our mindset into contentment? How can we show up responsibly with money so that we can find the contentment that we're looking for and still hold our goals high if we have, you know, really audacious goals with money and that's okay too, but how do we hold space for both the contentment side of it and seeking out more for ourselves. Um, And I'm curious to know if you have any thoughts on that and and how you may have found contentment and contentment with the money situation that you are now in and still hold your goals really high for yourself. Well, I have to say my whole attitude of not being afraid of money is what is carrying me. And I don't even think about it because it's just part of who I am. And I'm fortunate And it's something that I know that you are working um, in your workshops. And I think that's brilliant because that isn't spoken of enough. It's a very wonderful and secure feeling. I know what I have coming in. Despite the pandemic and the financial constraints that have presented themselves, I have managed my life accordingly. So instead of going to Costco every week, I go once a month. You know, something as simple as that, uh, because I I do not have a large budget and perhaps I'm a good person for you to be talking to because I have a very happy life. I'm not a rich woman and I have, I live modestly, but I go to bed at night and the world is right because I'm not in the red. It's very difficult to explain this feeling unless you've actually gone through the steps and put order in your life and just that sense of taking your power back and putting order in your life is how you navigate 
the hurdles. And another thing, I'm, because I come from an entrepreneurial background, my approach is, oh, not, I don't have enough money. I'm going to say, oh, what do I have to do to make more? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm 63. <laughs> I don't have a lot of potential ahead of me. And, and I don't want to bust my hump either. Mm-hmm. But there are small things that you can do within the scope of your life that change. And it's not always cutting expenses. That's one way. But you also want to live. So how yeah. do you make more? Yeah. How do you expand, not restrict? Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm, good stuff. I want to end with telling people what you are up to and anything, you know, that you, I know you're up to a lot of things with your projects that you're working on, and then also where people can find you and connect with you if you want to share some of that. I'm expecting in two months or perhaps earlier to launch a course that corresponds with my book, if I may show you the cover. Yeah. That's it. While I stayed home to raise my children, I also took an art course. Um, I have a graphic design diploma and I launched a commercial printing business from home. So this book has a lot of my illustrations in the form of line drawings that you can use for color therapy. Mm -hmm. And the course is going to be uh, parallel to the book, short and simple. It's also, my book is low priced. It's, it's under $20. And my course, I haven't finalized the price, but it's not going to be expensive because let's face it, we're all in this together. And um, my my mission is to reach out and help women realize it's not that hard. It's doable. And everyone deserves to be happy. Pain does not equal your purpose. We are not created so that we can suffer miserably. And our dreams are valid. My journey with this book has uh, expanded into this course. And I have training modules. I have print-on-demand shop. And I'm creating uh, journals and stickers and coffee cups and things like that. That that you could buy. Book swag, really. That's all it is. Love it. It's a a lovely outlet when you can add creativity into the mix and and women are creative souls. Mm. So having that creative outlet is important. I'm hoping to uh, offer this online exclusively. So you can, it's going to be four modules, short modules, and you work it at your own pace. And I believe if women are given the basics, they can take it from there. Because everybody's story is is unique. And there are so many specialists in all areas of our lives, yours included. And you will be one of my references Mm -hmm. um, as I, people ask me, (laughs) you know, um, I will include you because uh, I love your approach. And I think there's perhaps another collaboration that we might have one day. Absolutely. I have a website which is art-based right now and it includes my divorce journal and is going to be changing into something more targeted. It's inspirationsbystella.com. I've had that website since 1996. Um, yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> and, and I had it because I started working from home while my kids were in school. I couldn't mm-hmm. sit, I, I was an entrepreneur. And, and it changed, it, it morphed so many ways, but that website has everything that you can see. And as a matter of fact, I have my artwork is all out there and detailed descriptions and a free preview, a generous preview of the book. 
So inspirationsbystella.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Stella, for joining us here today. And I appreciate your shares and your vulnerability and just being the inspiration to um, all generations. So thank you. Thank you for having me. And I hope that I encourage and I uplift many, many women on this journey because we deserve it. Agreed. Thank you. Agreed. Thank you. Agreed.